What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is the latest installment of the Lockdown Blazers Countdown to Training Camp. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Trailblazers. We've already done Son Whiteside. We've done Mario Azonia. Today's focus, Kent Bazemore. So here, here, here's how it's going to work. We'll look at Bazemore's performance last season, his best and worst case scenarios for the upcoming year, and his likely role with the Blazers and reasonable expectations in the third segment. But first, we will start with his year in review, rewinding the 2018-19 campaign. Ken Bazemore, in his seventh year in the NBA last year, in his fifth with the Atlanta Hawks, averaged 11.6 points, 3.9 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 1.3 steals, and 24 and a half minutes a game. He appeared in 67 games, including 35 starts. He was really good early and really forgettable late. So let me take you through those two segments of the Bazemore experience. Early on, uh, Bazemore started 30 of the first 35 games, and during that stretch he averaged 14 points per game, four boards, two assists. His uh, efficiency was up. He, he wasn't making threes. He didn't shoot threes at all well last year. He was down at 32% for the season. But he was he got to the free throw line okay, made his free throws, and and made a bunch of two-pointers that kind of, or shot two-pointers well, which propped up his efficiency. Uh, for those of you who are nerds like me, 55% true shooting percentage. It's pretty good. But then, a serious right ankle injury. He, he suffered a serious right ankle injury on December 29th, and that caused him basically to miss an entire month. He missed 14 straight games, uh, and when he returned, the Hawks had kind of moved away from his, uh, him as a starter. They were starting DeAndre Bembry. They were starting Torian Prince. Uh, they had committed fully to letting, to letting uh, Kevin Horder play at the two, so Bazemore was reduced to a reserve role. Um, his averages dropped, like per minute averages, per, per game minute averages dropped to 21 minutes a game. And uh, from January 30th till the end of the season, after he returned from that ankle injury, he only averaged nine points, four rebounds, and two assists. This this is the second half. The first half is this sort of starter double-digit average, 14-4. and four, And then his he never really recovered um, his, his three-point stroke all of last season, but his efficiency post the injury really, really suffered. So... Uh, he, he just wasn't the same player after that ankle injury. In addition to struggling on offense, where his two-point field goal percentage dropped and thus his true shooting percentage, because he never really was a three-point shooter last year. He, he was really, really struggled from the outside. But the efficiency that kind of propped up propped him up early in the season disappeared. In addition, his steal and, and block rates totally plummeted. Um, he, early in the season, he was uh, the kind of high-level role player that... Uh, kind of earned him a, a big contract from the Hawks. Uh, he was stealing shots at a, er, blocking shots at a near career high rate, getting steals at a near career high rate, flying around, being an athletic rangy wing that makes him a valuable piece. And he was kind of being floated as an intriguing trade chip. Uh, a couple national reporters said that they believed that Bazemore would be a key part to be moved around the trade deadline. But perhaps it was his health or perhaps it was his price tag, close to $19 million a year, that kept teams away so he 
kind of shifted from this possible trade chip to a contender to a forgotten backup on a team that was headed for the lottery. Uh, and, and just touching on a three-point shooting before uh, before we shift gears a little bit, the the 32% shooting, I think, is what really held him back last year. Uh, 32% from three. He's He's basically been a league average or slightly above average shooter for the last four seasons prior to last year from the... 2014-15 season through the 17-18 season, he shot 36% from three on like three attempts a game. Uh, he peaked at 39% on like four and a half attempts a game in the 2017-18 season. He This was a guy who was, who was three and D. He became just D, then he became nothing. Kind of just a bench player that uh, was a shell of his former self. But in some ways, Bazemore's underwhelming statistical season kind of led him to, where, to the Blazers. Um... It helps Portland acquire him in a low-risk trade. Uh, the deal was that rare player-for-player direct swap that we see so infrequently in the NBA now. The Blazers sent out Evan Turner's expiring deal and his wonky fit on the roster to Atlanta for Bazemore's nearly identical tron- contract and theoretically better fit. We'll talk about more about that later in the podcast. But uh, I think another just sort of in this how he got here sort of segment is the, that deal happened six days before free agency. And if we had known, if we, you know, if looking back on the crystal ball and hindsight being what it is, that deal um, gave us a glimpse into maybe what the Blazers' summer plans were. Uh, Neil Olshay said that he had tried to sign Kent Bazemore in the summer of 2016 when he was giving out fat checks to everybody. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately for uh, Bazemore, he got a fat check from Atlanta. He got to stay with the Hawks. Um, as sort of the the new part of a team that was transitioning out of an old identity, he he signed for four years, seventy million, identical deal to uh, to Evan Turner. But the Blazers waited and waited and waited, and three years down the road, they traded for him. It became sort of like I said, the theme of the summer, and Bazemore was the beginning of that theme. The you know the Blazers, the two guys I've already done uh, pieces on so far in this countdown to training camp segment, the Blazers had tried to sign us on Whiteside that same summer, and in the summer of 2018, the Blazers chased Mario Azonia. Well, come summer of 2019, they add them, they add, they add Bazemore. Uh, it's, um, it became sort of, the Blazers chasing old flings became the theme of July, and Bazemore's acquisition was the beginning of that theme. So now a 29-year-old entering his eighth season in the NBA gets a chance to show that last year was maybe an injury-related blip, and not the beginning of his decline as a player. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. What is the best-case scenario for Kent Bazemore like with the Blazers, and what's the worst-case scenario like for Bazemore with the Blazers? But before I do that, I want to tell you guys about Postmates. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. So... For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery. That's $100 of free delivery credit, y'all, for your first seven days. So to start your free delivery, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKEDON on Postmates. Check it out. All right, welcome back. Still locked on Blazer, still Mike Richmond. And for those of you who know, still a pass first point guard. So in that first segment, I gave you the year in review for Kent Bazemore. What his 2018-19 season looked like and how he ended up in the Bla- with the Blazers, sort of how his 
how he matriculated across the country to the Pacific Northwest. In the second segment, I want to give the best case and worst case scenarios. And uh, if you've listened to the two other versions of this countdown to training camp, you know that um, worst case scenario does not mean injuries. I don't think it does anyone any type of benefit to predict that their worst case scenario is some sort of crippling, debilitating injury. That I'm talking about worst case scenario on the court, best case scenario on the court for these guys. And I try to keep it somewhat reasonable. Everyone's best case scenario is that they never miss a shot and win MVP. So let's start with our reasonable best case, worst case. Best case for Kent Bazemore is that he's a high-level role player that perfectly fits alongside the Blazers' two best players. The best case is that his shooting numbers return to that 2017-18 level, and he approaches 40% from deep while adding length and that endless motor on the perimeter. The best case for Bazemore is that he pushes Rodney Hood for the starting small forward spot, or even steals it in training camp and takes over as the entrenched starting small forward from day one, and he thrives as that secondary creator, floor spacer, and elite perimeter defender that the Blazers so desperately need. The best case for Bazemore is that his second half struggles of last season were all injury related and that a summer away from the grind has him back to his athletic, high energy best self using his quickness and explosiveness to be a difference maker on both ends. The thing about these best case scenarios is uh, they always remind me of the uh, the press conferences, you know, uh, the when Neil Olshay or, or Terry Stoss introduces a guy, they are always talking about what their absolute, you know, like platonic ideal fit um, will be with the team. So he'll he'll seamlessly integrate. His length on defense will be a game game changing asset. His ability to shoot will be, um, you know, will will perfectly fit into what we want to do and make him a perfect complementary piece. But in a way, the logic behind the Evan Turner trade shows you that the Blazers are valuing that the idea of his best case, the idea of Kent Bazemore and what he brings, more so than the reality of what Evan Turner brings. They're valuing a defensive wing and a guy who can shoot and add a little bit of creativity off the bounce. Uh, In 2017-18, almost certainly Bazemore's best season um, for my money, his he his assist rate was like twenty percent. He had he had assists on twenty percent of his possessions. That's you know that's point guard level of of creating. I don't think he he can reach that. I don't. I wouldn't put that in my best case scenario. But I do think that that ability to shoot threes at an, a slightly above average clip, the ability to create better than other wings, and the ability to bring length, bring a long wingspan and active hands that blocked who block shots, create steals. That's the best case scenario for Kent Bazemore. Okay, switch gears and go to the negative before we get out of here. And by that, I mean move to the third segment. I always do the uh, worst case scenario second because it's more in my wheelhouse. Pessimism, y'all. The worst case for Kent Bazemore is that he's just a little bit too small and asking him to play small forward and guard elite wings in the league every single night is unfair and maybe even impossible and that the Blazers realize that he can only play shooting guard completely limiting his minutes because he gets stuck behind CJ McCollum and Anthony Simons. The worst case scenario is that his outside shot never returns and that he's still shooting at last year's 32% clip 
He's a no D and no three wing, morphing into the worst parts of Mo Harkless, only four inches shorter at six foot five. And all the complaints about Evan Turner's giant contract become aimed at aimed at Bazemore, and he becomes a scapegoat for an underperforming wing core. They don't talk about the worst case scenario at the press conference, probably for fair and good reasons. But I have concerns about Bazemore just from a roster fit. Um, the Blazers don't have that perimeter stopper on the roster for my money right now. Um, I don't think Rodney Hood is an elite defender. I Nazir Little isn't ready. Mario Hazonia isn't, just isn't that. Damon CJ aren't that. Anthony Simons is special, but he's 20 and he's not a def- he's not going to be a high-level defender in his first real season in the NBA. Or playing, you know, real minutes in the NBA. So, Bazemore is kind of the guy, in a way. You know, he's kind of like... He's, he's going to be, and maybe not always, because maybe the Blazers win games by putting better offensive players and funneling everyone towards Hassan Whiteside, and it doesn't matter. But if they really need a, a, a perimeter defender, Kent Bazemore is the name you're just going to have to call. You're going to have to look down that roster and say, well, it's probably not Gary Trent Jr. It's probably not. Zach Collins and Anthony Tolliver, if we need to guard someone on the perimeter. So it's Bazemore. And so what I worry about him when I when I was thinking about this worst case scenario is that he is six foot five. And that guarding Paul George and guarding Kawhi Leonard and guarding LeBron is a tough ask for someone who's his size. He's a really good defensive player at his best. He's long. He likes to play defense, like he's interested in it. But I think there's a chance that this worst... Why I I think the worst case scenario is a realistic one is that he has physical limitations against the bigger wings in the league and the Blazers don't have a better option. So he might get rolled out there and struggle. And and if he struggles, maybe they bury him because they give up on defense altogether. We'll see. I think this... I think his fit... The Blazers really relied on his fit and I... I think they took a a very low risk to get him. But they certainly got smaller on the wing, and it seems like they got a lot worse on defense on the wing. And Bazemore is probably the only guy with where defense is high enough on his up on his resume where he's going to get that tough assignment over and over and over again. So his best case scenario is that it works out, and his worst case scenario is that it really, really doesn't kind of everyone's best case scenario but I feel like for him it's a little more underscored because of his unique skill set in relation to the rest of the roster so that's what I want to talk about in the third segment a realistic role and what people should expect of Kent Bazemore this year so stick with me and that's what we'll talk about in segment three all right welcome back still Lockdown Blazers, still Mike Richmond, still pass first point guard. And we're still going deep, deep on Kent Bazemore. Segment one, I gave you his year in review. What he did last season and how he got to the Blazers. In segment two, I laid out some realistic best case, worst case scenarios for Kent Bazemore. 
Now, in segment three, I want to talk about realistic role and expectations. And why I underscore realistic is because I think it's more interesting to think about how the parts fit than what if everyone reaches their ceiling. Because not everyone reaches their ceiling. In fact, I think we've seen enough of the Blazers' parts ebb and flow throughout the season while the team collectively overachieves to understand that um, guys don't have to have a perfect eight months for the team to have a very nice season. So what's a realistic role look like for Kent Bazemore? I think it's somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes a night. He plays both wing spots, shoot a little bit of shooting guard, a lot of small forward. And he gets a handful of starts mixed in mixed in as injuries and Rodney Hood slumps demand them. I also think it's, while I think his ability to be a secondary creator and a passer it's important to kind of think about how he's going to score. Um, I, I don't see him... I see. I, I want to emphasize secondary when we think about his creation. I think he's a guy off the ball who, if he gets it you know, with 10 seconds on the clock, can run a little something and has the basketball IQ to make the right pass if he can force guys to help and blah, 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 blah. But for his career in seven seasons in the league, 85% of Kent Bazemore's threes have been assisted. He is a floor spacer and a catch-and-shoot shooter and maybe sometimes a slasher, more so than he's that playmaker dribble into threes like the Blazers' other guards are. He won't do that as much as Damon CJ, obviously, and I think we'll see him shoot less off the dribble than Anthony Simons. I think Bazemore is more of a spot-up shooter in this offense. I think his playmaking skills will come in handy. Um... But I don't see him as a, that sort of chief initiator, um, at least early on in the season. But I think the other, like, if we're talking realistic uh, expectation for Kent Bazemore, and this is just a truly honest one, I expect him to be a fan favorite. Uh, if you don't know, Google Bay's gaze. He does, he is... Um, super into photo bombing video bombing post game interviews staring making hard direct goofy eye contact at the camera in the background of one of his teammates interviews he does it for photos too the dude has great personality um early in his career he was this like high energy bench towel waving guy for the warriors before he moved on from the warriors and had a brief stint with the lakers but I think just generally being a friendly quote and a guy who um, seems to have a positive attitude will really endear him to the fan base. And I think maybe more than other places, the Blazer fan base tends to gravitate towards that type of energy. Uh, they, for my money, have are more generous with the, sort of the welcoming players like that than some other NBA outposts. Bazemore has been a fan favorite a lot of places, so I'm not going out on a limb to say that the Blazers fans will like him. But I can see him quickly endearing himself to the team uh, or, or to the fan base, coming up, even as a reduced role coming off the bench. Uh, there's a lot of new faces on this team this year, obviously, him among them. And I think he'll be a new face that people like right away. So that's what I got for Cam Bazemore. I think he... I think he can play. If the if the benchmark or the sort of baseline is 
Is Kent Bazemore better for the Blazers than Evan Turner was? I'm not sure the soft skills that Evan Turner possessed as a leader, as someone who really got along with Damian Lillard and who, um, while he might not have always enjoyed his time here in terms of playing time and role, he didn't rock the boat. There's value in a veteran who doesn't rock the boat. I don't know Kent Bazemore well enough to know what his sort of soft skills like that, but his basketball skills, the thing he does on the court, I think it's a pretty easy thing to say he'll be that the expectations are that he'll be a better fit basketball wise than Evan Turner. So if that's the baseline for grading that that trade is a success, adding a guy in a one year contract who's going to enter free agency, who you don't have any real commitment to, is he better than Evan Turner had been the last three seasons? Yeah, I think Bazemore can get there. And I think there's a realistic shot that he can be a little bit better than that. I gave you my worst case scenario for why he might not be there. But there's plenty of reasons to think I'm wrong about that. We got more countdown to training camp player profiles coming. I'm going to keep rolling these out. Blazers training camp opens up at the end of September. The season starts, I mean, preseason starts the first week of October. We are getting close, y'all. It's time to ramp up to the NBA season. If this is your first time listening to Lockdown Blazers, I truly, truly appreciate it. If this is your 513th time listening to Lockdown Blazers, truly, truly appreciate it. For the majority of you that are somewhere between 1 and 513, appreciate y'all too. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. That's what we're doing here. That's the movement. Tell You tell one friend, they tell one friend, we keep this community growing. Tell them they can find this podcast wherever they get podcasts already. Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere else. Check us out. Got more player profiles coming? Talk to you then.